welcome to today's episode of Let's Debate It podcast as Tom Marcinkowski joins me to discuss the Jimmy Butler trade and what that means for the 76ers and the rest of the NBA going forward. I mean, this is really why we watch and love the NBA. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show. All right, and we're going to have a special episode just talking about the blockbuster trade that the 76ers just made on Saturday. This was the trade that they were looking for earlier this summer. They couldn't get LeBron. They couldn't get Kawhi. They couldn't get any of the free agents. Started off the season 8-6. and six. Um, They actually were, at the moment, 8-5. and five. They lost that night uh, in Memphis shorthanded without two guys, two starters, and they got Jimmy Butler. To talk about it, Tom Marcikowski was in, in an earlier episode. Tom, tell me, what do you think about the trade? Initial thoughts, what do you like What you, from this trade? Oh, gee, I'll tell you what. When I first heard it, I was really happy for the city of Philadelphia. Why is I, that? I thought they redeemed themselves for making a, a poor mistake two years ago with Markel Fultz, like we've talked about many times with that bad business decision is what we're calling it, giving up that extra pick. And now they really made a deal that they really didn't give too much up to get, you know, uh, a lot of potential back from in Jimmy Butler. You know, you, he it, it could go two ways. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues. Everyone knows how he's been acting recently, but in the long run, he, he's still possibly a top 20 player with top five defensive talent on a team that, that really needs that glue guy. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So, so, so it's interesting. I, when I was, when we did the fab four podcast and I, I was proposing some of the, I think I asked Marcus, uh, the Timberwolves would want more. I thought they would want Sharage Covington and two first-round picks, they ended up settling for a second-round pick in 2022. And they ended up unloading – this is what I like. They ended up unloading Jared Bayless, who uh, – that guy hasn't played. He's been on the roster for the last three, four years. I, I don't know how many games <laughs> that guy has played. So he's, he's just a guy who's always hurt. I like that they got rid of Covington. Sharch kind of hurt a little bit, but what do you think about losing him? Um, he's I, I, cheap right now. Right. That was, so what I was going to say is, is they're, they're losing him now and he, he's a great asset right now, but he's going to cost a little money down the road. Um, I think yeah. he's still on that rookie or close to rookie contract and it's, it's not too much right now, but, um, you know, and they, they lost Covington who was still on a decent deal and he might've cost a little more down the road also. So. You know, you're you're basically upgrading Jimmy or Robert Covington with Jimmy Butler, and then not re-signing Sarich. Right. What do you do? You think right now? Um, and I'm looking at the odds. Right. I'm looking at the odds that the Sixers had heading into the season, and before the trade and after the trade. So the odds before the trade for the Sixers to win the conference were seven to one. Not bad. Right, the mm-hmm. odds to win the NBA championship were thirty to one. After the trade to win the conference, they're five to two, and to win the championship, they're twelve to one. So that, to me, one player is making that. And, I, and and why I like the trade is, 
is Robert Covington is a is a great defender. Uh, against the game the other night, I was watching against the Hornets. He had a few. He stripped Malik Monk, I think, two or three times in like crunch time, and went off his knee. And Sixers got the possession back. And he's the guy, in my opinion, that is. He's good when he's hitting shots on offense. Right. I've never seen him drive. And he may, he, he's either going to – he's going to play defense, and that's why he's out there. But on offense, you need more. And as teams are going to collapse on Embiid, and they know Simmons can't shoot, especially when Fultz is out there. I mean, that, that offense is just very stagnant, no identity. And I think Jimmy Butler – how do you think they're going to mesh? Because you have Embiid, who's going to need touches, about 22 shots a game. Um, and then you have, you know, he leads the league in free throws taken. So, so he needs he needs to touch the ball and rightfully so. Simmons um, has the ball as a point guard, but he's not. He doesn't need to shoot the ball x amount of times. Now Jimmy Butler is more of a guy who has a mid range game. He can shoot the three. Um, how do you think? Do they gel together? That's the biggest concern is the chemistry on this team, and. I think it's probably going to work, but I, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think it could definitely work. I mean, like you said, uh, Jimmy Butler can hit those those deep shots. He's a he's a decent three point shooter. Not great, but you know he's he's good at creating quickly off the dribble. He doesn't waste a lot of dribbles. He gets you know to the spot and and does what he needs to do. He's efficient that way. He's good at getting to the basket and getting into the free throw line. Those are his most important assets, I think. Um, so I think the only thing they're really going to have to work through is, you know, getting him and and Simmons to continue to attack the basket while getting Embiid kind of out of the way. Yes. And, and kind of working around that, maybe running a pick and roll with Butler and uh, Embiid and then kind of have Simmons as a slasher. You know, you, you want to have Simmons still creating and involved, obviously, but. Uh, right. Jimmy Butler does need the ball in his hands, and and he's going to be more of a you know when he has the ball, he's going to be attacking more often than someone like Simmons, who's looking for other people. Right. So so now, do do you think he uh, on defense? Sixers have been all right on defense last year. They were they were I think sixteenth and uh, or fourteenth in in uh, offensive efficiency on defense. They were decent. Um, they outre- They were the number one, uh, number one rebounding team in the league, rightfully so. You have a seven-two guy, seven-two center, a six-ten point guard. Uh, yeah, Dad Sharich and Covington are six-nine and six-ten, and then JJ Redick is six-four. So right now, I I really don't see why they can't be top five de- defensive teams. I don't see why they don't just out rebound teams by five or six rebounds at least a game because Embiid is averaging 13, 14. Simmons averages about 10 rebounds a game. I mean, they're going to have a big lineup if you have those three, six, so Butler, six, seven, Simmons, six, 10, and Embiid at seven, two, and they're fairly long and athletic. Now, talking about that, who's the odd man out? What's the starting lineup going to be? So you obviously have those three guys starting. I, I, I Small forward, point guard, and center. Who are the two other spots? Well, I think you got to put JJ Redick back in the starting lineup, and you got to try that that fault on the second unit to build his confidence back up. You know, uh, and then you know I've I've heard talks of of Shamit 
kind of, you know, going that small ball with, with Simmons at the four and having Shamit be the another guard or Wilson Chandler. You know, the, the Sixers aren't very deep right now. They gave up two for one. They're probably going to have to make some moves in uh, in the buyout market or, you know, maybe possibly another trade or two. That's see that's 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 what I wanted to ask you. See what they did with this trade they cleared some cap space, right? They got rid of um they got rid of Jared Bayless, they got rid of right. Sharich and Covington. And Covington's contract was pretty hefty at like I think 16 million a year. He had 46 left on his deal. Jared Bayless who who's absolutely robbing the Sixers. Right. Guy has has played as many games this season as I have. Um and then and Sharich was fairly cheap. So he got rid of those three guys. You, they left enough room to make another trade. Throw out some names out there. Who would be a good fit? That guy that kind of Bellinelli and Ilyasova fulfilled last year. Can can Sixers get a guy like that and be scarier and better than last year and deeper? Because one of the things that you, you said they're not deep, and I agree with you, um, but Boston to me seems too deep and they're having problems. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, that's so that's yeah, that's that's another issue, right? I, and I don't think Sixers and Celtics are going to be doing business anytime soon. Um, so, it's not really known that player that you know major rivals at, at, at this time of the year would swap players. I, I don't know, uh, anything could happen, I guess. But who are some guys that you would think uh, would be would just come in and, and um, have an impact immediately, and at what position? Um, yeah, so so you could go one route would be, you know, you, you want some veteran presence, someone that can just come in, hit some shots. Uh, you pick up someone from a bad team, give up, you know, future second-round pick, something like that. Uh, a name I've heard thrown around is, is a man who started his career in Philadelphia. It would be a great place for him to end it is the great Kyle Korver. Yes. You know, yes. He, he ain't, he's not worth much on defense, but – uh, he can hit shots during the regular season and and sometimes in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but he he would be a pretty good fit, and you know, give someone like uh, JJ Redick some rest, or you know, depending on how big they want to go, he could play that small forward shooting guard position. Uh, the other question is whether or not you want to unload any future assets, or if you want to unload faults, you know. What do you think they're doing with that? Because to be, you know, he's the number one pick. They're going to want to trade him, supposedly, I think, right? I think he's just not worth very much right now. And they, they want him to to either get his confidence back and keep him on the team and, and see if he pans out or play him and try to get him going for a few games so his value goes up. Yeah, I think they kind of did that with Shard. Shard was playing, like – pretty poorly in the beginning of the season. And yeah. I think teams know that, that he plays for the Croatian national team and does all this stuff during the summer. And he, I think he comes into the season just exhausted and, and his legs are just beat. So for, for the, uh, this is his third season. The guy just starts first 15 games. He can't hit a shot. And then he gets into the groove and he goes from averaging like nine points a game to like 15, 16 uh, his first year, by the end of the season, he was he was in the talk for Rookie of the Year. Last year, he ended the season tremendously. Uh, he he played really well, was hitting shots, was part of that 16-game winning streak that the mm-hmm. Sixers went on. A lot of it without Embiid, actually, who uh, broke his um, broke his uh, 
I guess, cheekbone with a, in a collision with Markel Fultz. So now, now we got um, – and he played against Indiana. I think he had five threes. And then against Charlotte, I think he had five or, five or six threes as well, played really well. And they ship him off to Minneapolis. I'm sure he's really happy about that. <laughs> so so I, I think Thibodeau's gone um, in Minneapolis. Yeah. Not to, I, th- I think he's done. The moves that uh, he pulled some bold moves, and you know, if they worked out, we'd be saying Thibodeau's a genius, and they clearly didn't. How do you? What do you think his relationship is with Jimmy Butler? That was his boy, and now, you know, he he refused to play, and that that brings me to a question of: Is Jimmy Butler like? What are the concerns surrounding him besides like chemistry? Um, like he's played a lot of minutes because he's played for Thibodeau for what seven, eight seasons now. Yeah, well, we know everyone knows how Tom Thibodeau runs people into the ground, and I think uh, it kind of caught up to him, and he was realizing more and more that you know other people sit out, they play thirty minutes a game, and are just as effective. And he's out there the other night at forty-one minutes that game when he, you know, doesn't even really want to play at all. He's just running his guys into the ground. He usually keeps a pretty short rotation, also. So that, that kind of happens to everyone. Yeah, that's um, interesting. He led the league in minutes in 2014-2015, which is yeah, unbelievable. I, I think he – I'm sure he has a good relationship with, with Tom Thibodeau. Um, like you said, he he went from Chicago where he started with him to Minnesota. And I don't think there was anything against him. I think he more had uh, issues with the players around him. And Tom Thibodeau's – style of coaching wasn't really isn't really reaching those players as much as it had in the past you know in his prior seasons yeah he's kind of that old school type of guy that you know his style might be extinct in a year or two yeah i see see the thing is I, i i did some research and i read some articles obviously i'm very excited about this and i'm kind of thinking a a few things are like radiating through my mind and it's all right, well, why would Timberwolves take this deal? Because this deal for the Sixers just seems too good to be true for a number of reasons. Number one, you get the guy, because Sixers are right now, to be honest, in NBA purgatory, right? Uh, I think that teams in NBA purgatory like the Trailblazers, um, like, and, and by that I mean teams that are like not, they're nowhere. They're like contending, but they, they're really not. They're never going to win a championship. And the window of opportunity closes. I mean, we're looking at the window of opportunity closing on the Houston Rockets. I mean, that team could have easily won the championship last year if Chris Paul doesn't pull his hamstring. They get rid of they get rid of the key guys, the guys that really made that team tick on defense and offense to max out Chris Paul. They signed Carmelo, and we see what's happening. So I think Sixers. Elton Brand being a player, I think he's very smart um, being the GM because he played on the Clippers and he realized what happened when the owner doesn't pay his players and how the treatment you get and you just go nowhere. And then his job's at stake down the road. I think this is really the end of the process in a, in a sense of there's no more process. We're, like the Sixers aren't processing anything anymore. I think they're there. Now it's time to produce. They've gotten the pieces. They've gotten that star. They have pr- the best center in the NBA who's going to be in the talks for MVP. Uh, for sure. Uh, Spence Simmons is 
I, I think they have three legitimate all stars. The the one thing you hope this also does is is takes a little pressure off those guys though, because you you had Embiid was playing some some pretty high minutes early in the season and thirty thirty I think thirty seven a game. Yeah, that's, like that. that's high for him. They, yeah. yeah, and they went to overtime uh, on Saturday night, and they went to and they were playing on a on a back to back, and they were in overtime on Friday where he absolutely dominated at forty two. And eighteen just crushed the, the, the just he just sucked the, the life Hornets, out of the yeah. Hornets. I mean that should have never been a game. But so well, what are your concerns about Jimmy Butler? I mean to me he's like he's twenty nine, he's turning thirty next year, which is really interesting because he is going to be eligible for a five year, hundred and ninety million dollar contract, and I think Sixers are going to be the only team that are going to be able to offer him that. I think other teams will be able to offer him a pretty good contract, but not as much. So the concern about his chemistry, I think he has to be in his best behavior to earn his money. And I think if you go to a third team and you just don't gel with the guys, I don't think it's those guys. I think it's you. Um, My concern is like the Simmons and Embiid, because I'm looking at Wiggins and Towns and Towns was uh, heading into last season was picked by the GMs as the guy that you would start a franchise with. And Yeah, but you 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 see a different kind of fire in, in Simmons and Embiid, I think, than you do Wiggins and Towns. Um, thank you for reassuring me. Town Towns you you hear about playing Fortnite. He's playing jokes all the time. He's kind of that young D'Angelo Russell mold of immaturity at the moment. Right. And I think I think Simmons was a was a model citizen his first year, year and a half in the NBA. And B does a lot on Twitter, but you know, he goes out and he competes every night, you know, as hard as he can. Risks his throws his body everywhere. It's it's unbelievable how hard he plays. So I, I I think you're just getting a different mentality that hopefully will mesh better with Jimmy Butler's mentality because as everyone can see, he's kind of a, a nutcase himself. Right, so Philly fans are absolutely going to enjoy that. Now, what about his long-term health? He hasn't had any major injuries. No, he, but this... he he hasn't been able to stay on the court consistently for a whole season in the last eight or so years. Well, yeah. So that's that's definitely a question: is that long-term durability? Like you said, he's twenty-nine. He played four years at Marquette. Um, he's got some miles on him, you know, in the high thirties minutes per game since 2012 yeah he didn't really play his first two seasons it took him like two years to like be a regular starter I think he averaged like Mm -hmm. 13 or 14 a game and then he he really exploded but I think I I I think that if if they add Corver or a couple of other options out there a guy like that it doesn't have to be but I definitely think a shooter to spread the floor because a shooter allows you allows the defenses to be honest, otherwise they'll just collapse on you. Um, I think Simmons is the only guy that they know he simply will not shoot from anywhere outside of five feet, and he still somehow scores, which is absolutely incredible to me. I would honestly, if he's if he's going up for a dunk, just foul him because chances are he's going to miss one. Um, but I, I guess uh, that you know that's a, that's a whole another topic uh, and whole another story. But yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's health is. You know, if this ends up working out, I think this will be a tremendous trade. Uh, what do you think? What's your prediction? Do the Sixers 
where do they stand? And I, and I know they haven't played a game uh, with this lineup, but compare them to the Raptors, compare them to the Celtics. Let's do a little analysis and see which team, which team you like better. So Raptors are now, I think, 12-1. and one. They played it tonight. Uh, yeah, Rap- Raptors are playing great. Um, I, I just have a hard time thinking they're going to keep that up all season in playoffs. I do, too. Why, why do you think that? They're deep. I, it, I know they have some new faces, but it's kind of in their DNA to, to slow down a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, maybe Kawhi can change that, and him and him and Danny Green bring some new attitude up from San Antonio, a winning culture, you know. Right. But uh, they they are really deep, which helps them. But I I think that uh, you know we you'll have to see Kawhi play the whole season. That's always a question mark. And he's not playing back to backs. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. So this, it's a great start for them, no doubt, but. We'll have to see in February, you know, if they're at the same mark. Um, I think the Bucks, honestly, have have more of that that potential to stay kind of where they're performing because of the players they have. They're very young. They're not quite as deep, but the way they kind of change their style, they're young, athletic, running a lot, long, and they're starting to score a lot but, more than they have in the past. And with their with their length on their defense, things – you know, it's meshing a lot better than it has in the in the past. But it's interesting. The Bucks, the Bucks really didn't change their roster. I think they lost what Jabari Parker. They they have they had Chris Middleton last year. They had Giannis, who's probably the front runner for MVP. Um, who else? They had Bledsoe. Yeah, they um, they Tony had Snell. basically everyone. They added Brooke Lopez, who is a deep three point shooter now. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. <laughs> I think he hit four or five threes the other night. <laughs> I think he torched the Sixers in the first half. I thought I was watching Reggie Miller out there. But... Yeah, so he, he fits in well with, the, with what they do. Um, Giannis, like you said, is playing on another level. Chris Middleton's on a contract year, I think. He's playing very well. And Eric Bledsoe, he kind of had some attitude issues towards the end of last season. It seems like he's playing a little more free in this offense, you know, the new coach. Coach Bud, right, and it's given him a little more freedom to do what he likes to do, right. And so, I, I, I think their defense is really what's propelling them right now. Okay, so at the end of the season, right, I'm thinking about this, and I, I, I'm just so excited I can barely hold it in, right. So now you have Sixers, Celtics, Raptors, um, and the Bucks. You have those four teams. And you're looking at a potential second round matchup between Sixers, Raptors, potentially, or and Raptors, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Bucks and the Celtics. And this may be wild, but do you think like the East has swung over? And I, I was trashing the East, but I think talent wise, if you look at the top four teams in the East, Versus the top four, top four teams in the West, I think the East is is better. It's really exciting right now. You know, everyone counted the whole conference out at the beginning of the year. Now it it is looking like there's some light at the end of the tunnel here for these teams to really make some noise. Um, you're really top heavy in the West with the Warriors, obviously. 
But after that, you know, there's no clear cut two through eight, really. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, you, you kind of have all these teams that are in purgatory, right? I don't yeah. even know. I think these teams are almost demoralized to play because if you're in the East, at least you don't have to see those guys but twice a year, and at least you can win your. You have a you have a chance to win your conference, right? In the West, we know who's coming out of the West. It's the Warriors, and that's that, right? And yeah, it's really top heavy. But what, what, what do you think? So, what do you think's the better? Who's the who's the team that's gonna represent the Eastern Conference in the finals? Give me. I would. We have the odds. Celtics were obviously they still are. Raptors are in the talks. Sixers are now. I think, in my opinion, the, the favorite. If they can mesh together, I think when you look at their starting five and look at any of the other contenders in the East, their starting five, the bench and the coaching staff. Well, I, I think Sixers are better than any team in here. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the projected lineups as of right now. If you look at Sixers versus the Celtics, at point guard, you would have, I guess, Kyrie and you would match him up with, if you start Fultz, um, Kyrie wins that matchup. Then at the two guard, um, I guess you would put J.J. Redick at the two, and I don't know who the Celtics would put at the two, maybe Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. So we'll call that in Celtics' favor, but I, I think J.J. gives you 15 points a game there. Well, the the thing with the Celtics right now aren't their individual players. It's how they're playing together. They, yeah. they have no rhythm at all. And they, yeah, they scored 94 points last night. Uh, yeah, it was, they just can't score the ball. It, it seems like the ball gets to someone and it, it kind of dies as opposed to in the past. And Brad Stevens, he really likes to move the ball around and spread the wealth. Yeah, they can't. I honestly think their bench plays better than their starting lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely think Gordon Hayward probably came back a little too soon. I think he's a shell of himself right now. And it seems like they're really trying to force things through him. And then Tatum, you know, had a huge playoffs and they're forcing things to him. Yeah. Because I mean, of that almost, you know, and, and that, that time he spent with Kobe, he's doing things a little differently than he has in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's having a, he's having a good season, but I don't think that he's having a season that, that they're like, they're playing through him. Like he's averaging 25. I mean, first of all, he's 20 years old. Right. Or 21. I, I think it's so unfair that these kids get thrown into these these situations. And they're like, they haven't developed. They haven't de- developed as men, as human beings. And they haven't developed um, as basketball players. So I think, you know, Tatum's obviously a good player. Last night he played really well. But outside of that, the last couple of games, he's really been struggling. He's at 16 points a game, which is up from like what 13.9 from last season. But yeah, they're playing through him like like yeah, you're right. It's like Kobe and the 08 Lakers. Um, yeah, he's and... doing a lot. Last year he did a lot more of that like slashing and and hitting open shots, and now he's doing a lot more dribbling and and mid range game, trying to tinker with that a little bit. It looks like. Yeah, I think they I think they got to get rid of Hayward. I really do. Yeah, because, it's sad, but it, he's the odd man out right now. Yeah, and and I don't think it's it's his fault. Obviously, that's an unfortunate deal, but um, but you know we're, we we kind of like talked about this. But well, who do you? I, I mean, I know there, there we haven't had enough samples to talk about this. But looking at at like kind of the playoffs last year, and I know a lot of guys 
that played last year like are not going to be there in the playoffs this year. But Celtics Sixers, give me your hypothetical matchup. Who wins? Like, what kind of a series would that be for the Eastern Conference? I'm just, I, I'm just like, I have a million things like I, that I'm thinking about here. Like, I gotta, what, what do you think happens? I gotta think that on paper now the Sixers win. Um, just by pure talent and how they've been playing together, but Brad Stevens really has their number over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, and I think they 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 couldn't get over that mental hump last year. He kind of owned them, you know, drawing up a few plays to literally win the game. Game three, I think it was. They came back and won. So it, it's it's tough for those guys that were on that team, but hopefully Jimmy Butler brings a new attitude, but I, you know, even for the Sixers and the Celtics, I don't think these are the rosters we're going to see at the end of the year. I, I, I agree with you. So but it's, then, it's hard to say right now. Yeah. I, I agree with you uh, on all the points you made, but that game three is interesting. You bring that up and I don't think that's coaching. I think it's simply, I, I remember that game vividly. I was excited for it. It was do or die pretty much. Cause if you lose three, if you're down Oh three, you're done. No one has ever come back from that. Wait, wait, wait which which game did they, the Sixers win game three, or was that the confetti game? Uh, that's the confetti game that Sixers okay. lost. That's when um, they, they posted Al Horford up, right? Yes. So that game, yes, Brad Stevens did draw up some plays. But there are, there are a few instances that I remember that Brett Brown could not do anything about, and that's simply um, – Yeah, Simmons missing a wide-open dunk. A wide-open dunk, <laughs> and then a, a sequence later – missing a layup that he makes nine out of 10 times. You have that. Then that's the kind of seal the deal, right? You're up by four. If, if, if you hit that, if he makes that dunk with like two minutes to go. And I think they got to, I think they got to stop on that possession and Simmons ended up missing a layup. So potentially being up by six, closing out the game, that doesn't happen. Fine. But then at the end of the game, this is the things that absolutely got to me. At end of the game, and I think this is where Jimmy Butler comes in. End of the game, you have Embiid and Simmons playing some sort of handoff situation where they lose the ball, and I think it was Jalen Brown steals the ball and goes down for an easy layup to put them up by one, and then Bellinelli hit that three, and the confetti went down, or a two, and they went into overtime. Overtime, same exact situation, down by one, and they lose the ball. They don't even get a shot off. I think at the end, of, like the Pistons game earlier this season, Simmons didn't play. Even if he did, I'm not sure it would have made a difference. Overtime against um, against the Pistons, Embiid is shooting like a fadeaway three. They don't have that guy. They didn't have that guy that could kind of catch the ball and create a, a good look, a pull-up, whatever. I, I think agree. Jimmy Butler does that now. Why? Because Simmons can create, but you know he's not shooting, so you back off, right? Embiid, he's going to get collapsed on, and obviously he's good enough to make moves, but the problem is your seven-foot, seven-two center dribbling 15 feet from outside the basket, he's going to get smothered, and he's going to lose the ball. That's a turnover. You got to either post them up or post them up. That's it. Now Jimmy Butler gets the ball, and he's, he's creating. You, if you foul him, he's making free throws. If you... If you if you put him one on one, I don't know what guy in the NBA he can't really get a quality sh- shot off and, and make it. And I think I think that's the difference. Now you got a closer, 
And I'm not calling Jimmy Butler a closer, but I mean, I've seen a few instances where he's made game winning shots. The Lakers again, a few weeks ago, he closed them out with a three. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think, I think you're adding a dimension that the Sixers just don't have and they haven't had for a while. Yeah, I, I, I hope, th- I hopefully they make a move. Um, speaking of Markel Fultz, he, you know, as we're closely monitoring him, I didn't watch the game on Saturday. They lost in overtime, a game they clearly should have won. Uh, to me, it looked like they missed an offensive rebound and they just left. Um, I forget who it was, but they left them wide open to tie the game and they lost in overtime. But Markel Fultz, based based on the few highlights I've seen and based on the stats, he had like 14 points, five assists, shot the ball well. I'm not sure what kind of shots he was getting off, but it seemed like he played well. He had a he had a really nice dunk as well. But yeah, I mean, the more I watch him play, I'm I'm torn. Maybe there and, is you know, there is get, some hope for him. It, it just looks so um, mental right now. I, I, I think that his his biggest problem is um, that he doesn't – the things that he can do well, the things he's been doing well, um, drive to the basket, right, create something and use his size and long arms and explosiveness, mm-hmm. right? He had a really nice dunk. Like, that gets you going. Why, why not attack the basket and, and, and try to do – things that you do well and on defense uh, I think he's a liability for right now as well he picks up way too many fouls um and I I agree with you it's a mental thing because if I could get some sort of a statistical analysis on how many layups makeable layups right he has missed this season it would be an astronomical number like he drives to the basket full speed gets there and, and, and just misses a layup and it's not like rolls off the rim this is like a like a, almost like he, he chucks it off the backboard. He's got no chance of going in. It's, it, it's, it's very – it doesn't look like a layup that has a chance of going in, in my opinion. It's, it, it, it's mind-boggling. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think he's going to be the odd man out. Um, I think you have to start Simmons and, um, and Redick, Jimmy Butler, and Embiid. I don't know who that fifth guy is going to be, if it's going to be him or not. Um, maybe you bring in Kyle Korver. Uh, maybe he would most likely come off the bench. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, but, uh, who do you think that they they could trade for if they could get someone to take take faults off their hands? You know, faults. Who could they a trade for? And a, and a first round pick, Sacramento's pick next year. Well, I think that I don't know if they can. They do well. I guess they could, right? Well, who's going to want that pick? Because I think that pick is if. What if the if the Kings right, right. get the number one pick? Sixers get yeah, it. Yeah, right now Kings are in the eight seed, so we'll say it's like a ten to fourteen pick. Right, but I think don't the Celtics get it? Like I think Celtics. Uh, yeah, have... yeah, you're right. Uh, whatever pick the Phoenix pick, they they got the Phoenix pick from the Cal Bridges trade. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yes, I think that's they can take that pick. Fultz, who could they trade for? I mean, so they don't need to trade for Kyle Korver. I think they can um, – I think Cleveland has some sort of an understanding yeah, I agree. Uh, to part ways, and I think you just pick them up off waivers or, or how, however that works. Um, I mean, it, it depends. I would really like if they could trade, but I don't think Indiana would do it. I would love to get Boyan Bogdanovich. He, he's a 6'7 shooter. Yeah. 
think he's shooting like 40% from three. He's not that expensive. I think $11 million contract. Uh, I think he would be phenomenal to get. That's a good um, one. I didn't even think about him. But I, I, I don't think Indiana is, is making a statement for um, to be a contender. I think they're pretty good. Victor Oladipo is just out of his mind, playing out of his mind. That guy is phenomenal. Um, so, but I don't think they would, they would let him go um, because he's cheap, relatively speaking. He's playing really well. Six seven, not the greatest defender, but he, actually, I shouldn't even say that. They played LeBron and um, and the Cavs last year in the playoffs, and he was guarding LeBron for a good amount he's, of stretches yeah, and played some pretty good defense. He's more of a bruiser. He's a big guy. He's yeah. strong. Yeah, he was a water polo player uh, for, for no seriously for a long time. Um, yeah, he he's got like a, a thicker body, but he, yeah, he definitely knocks down shots. Um, I'm not thinking on top of my head. I don't know. I don't know that they would like, they would let him go. Uh, It it would be nice. You know who I do like? Uh, I don't know his name. um, Top of my head. He played a Notre Dame white guy. He's on Portland. Connington. Connington. I wouldn't, I would not mind. I've seen him play a few times and he comes off the bench. I'm not sure he gets, gets gets a lot of playing time. I think he'd be a good fit. Yeah, that that uh, would make sense, especially Portland might might trade one of their two stars before the deadline too, and then Fultz could kind of start to be really, the point guard of the future there. Really, they're they're playing really really well. They're ten and three. They beat Boston last night. Um, I they got like, but they're in purgatory yeah. in my opinion. They're they're gonna have a great season. Probably finish top four. Fall off a little bit just because it's the West. But who do they move, you think? Lillard? Uh, I, I've heard a little bit of different things uh, just from the, the podcast I listen to. I've heard, you know, LeBron might want Lillard, and so they might put out a decent package for him. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're Portland, I would say McCollum would be easier to offload, and, and uh, Lillard's more of a franchise guy. Really? I mean, I, I yeah, love McCollum I, too, but but you know. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. He, he's he's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had an interesting trade offered to me today that was was absolutely despicable. But anyways, <laughs> um, what about um, I was looking at at the Knicks. They're they're like a rebuilding team, but once again, I I don't know they that any team would trade. The, Danny Green would be nice, but he's 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 a big piece of. Um, of Toronto's roster, yeah. um, I don't know. I can't really think of too many guys that would, because to me that that becomes like a chemistry issue. You want a guy that's going to come in, score, do all these things for you, and that is not going to be a distraction. I think Ilyasova was a perfect guy for that. I'm not even sure the guy can speak. Uh, he just comes in and does his job. He takes charges um, and he scores in bunches around the basket, um, three pointers. He, he's kind of like a three or key guy. I don't even think Ilyasova can dunk. But like very fundamental. Uh, I, I'm not sure Milwaukee would let him go. They're playing. Seems like every team he goes on, he, he's playing really well. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone else we we can think of? Uh, I think you you told me earlier, um, West Matthews. Well, I thought you know maybe maybe if Dallas keeps going down the road that they're going, that they might want to offload his contract. 
Right. Uh, I think he has one of the high. He's one of the higher paid guys on the team, and uh, they're rebuilding also. So if you get some uh, another young guy in there for him, and then a draft pick, you might be able to grab him. I mean, he's he's a three and D guy, swingman. Right. Uh, he's been injured, but if he's healthy, he can hit open shots and and be a lockdown defender for you. Right. What about what, what about what's his what's his name? The guy that missed the the uh, free throw in the playoffs last year on on the Cavs. I think they want to get rid of him. Help me out with the name here. Um, free throw. You know I'm talking. What'd you say? He missed the free throw in in, in uh, game one of the finals. Oh, I I wasn't able to watch that one. I was I did not have service or I was on the boat. On the, uh, on the cruise. The, the guy <laughs> that uh that the Pacers traded for Kawhi Leonard. Oh, George Hill. You know Hill. I'm talking. George Hill. Yeah, George Hill. I don't know why the name wasn't coming yeah. to me. Yeah, what about him? I mean, he's a good defender. He can somewhat score. Like, would he I, – I know Cleveland is trying to completely revamp their yeah, franchise. Yeah, he'd, he'd be and, a uh, decent uh, veteran presence. Uh, I didn't really love him last year on Cleveland. You know, he's a real streaky kind of guy. And But if he's like the – he was at that point LeBron's – third or fourth option but if he's like a fifth sixth seventh option i think he makes more sense i have a guy yeah i have a guy actually and i tell me what what you think about this he was in the trade talks for jimmy butler obviously didn't work out for this team nikola miritich yeah he he'd, he'd fit really well he, he doesn't play a lick of d um, they might they would be able to make up for it with Simmons and and Embiid in the back. He's he can, a he to me a more experienced shard. Yes, he's a more experienced, better shard. And I say that because he's he's been in the league for yeah, a while. More consistent for sure. Yes. So what about him? And who? What do you think New Orleans would take? to uh to get them because new orleans is looking for a guy and i think you would have to get a third team involved because i think they want someone to to lure anthony davis to stay there so giving them like a future pick wouldn't do anything for him right so you would have to get somebody else involved to get like get a guy yeah, like washington um, and get bradley beal in there or someone like that yeah but i'm not sure washington is is interested in doing that which no, is... it's 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 upsetting because they they signed John Wall to that huge contract. They you would think that he would be their guy. They want to keep, but apparently they don't want to give up Bradley Beal for anything. Yeah, which which kind of makes sense. But, yeah, but Bradley, they, they can't coexist. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't they get rid of John Wall. No one, his contract is ridiculous. It, it's it's yeah. really hard for for other people to take that. I think. Uh, what's and Bradley Beal does he has like a normal normal yeah I John Wall's John on like signing. a super max yeah right five and years no, no one wants to... six years hundred ninety million yeah and they want to keep they want to keep Bradley Beal because that just makes more sense yeah they got to do something with that team yeah um, Dalton made a bold prediction that they would they would be making some sort of noise um, but yeah I just I don't know it's really rough actually you know a guy that would be good and he's a Philly guy. That's on that team is uh, Markeith Morris. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a he's a tough player. Either of the Morris twins. Well, Boston he's... isn't letting go of no. Marcus Morris, who's having a cr- he's he's having a really really good season yeah. coming off the bench. 
I mean, their bench, I think, plays better than their starters. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- you, I think if you – You're right, though. You if just, you could get Miritich – You got to look for those desperate teams, right? And just dangle yeah, something just, out there. Yeah, and he's a Philly guy. And I'm sure, you know, playing for the hometown Sixers, maybe you can lure him into that. A lot. I didn't realize in the NBA how much it matters about some of the markets that the players go to. I would think these guys care about, like, money. And it's like, well, you know, am I going to be playing in, in this city or that city? And, and, and that, that to them is, like, you know, the key. So I, I think a lot of these guys, like, I wouldn't want to play there. I don't think Miami has anybody um, that they would trade. Or that we would even want, but I think Nikola Mirotic and Boyan Bogdanovic are the two guys that Sixers should try to try to get. That would be you, know, you package Fultz, a pick, anything to get those guys. I think then you ha- then you have a really really diverse and deep lineup because you can mess around and experiment with a bunch of different things. You put shooters and Jimmy Butler. Like when Embiid goes out of the game in the playoffs, it's scary, right? They have zero scoring. Right. Like right now, he goes out of the game. And unless they're in transition, it, it, it's it's terrible. And to me, all, JJ Redick is almost useless because he's the only shooter when Embiid when Embiid is on the bench and JJ Redick's in the game. And I think Brett Brown knows that, and he, and he plays them together because they have this like two man game and they do the little handoff off the pick. And I think Redick scores like seventy percent of his points on that because now when Embiid's out the game. People just sag off of Simmons, play Redick honestly, and that's that. And Redick just can't get the quality shots off. Um, so well, well, let me ask you about Wilson Chandler. I don't know too much about him. He looks overweight to me. Um, what's his deal? Like, do you think he, he's going to be a contributing factor to this squad? Well, he was probably their biggest signing in the offseason, right? Um, I didn't realize he was still an effective player, really. I, I know he had some great years on – Oh, not great, but good years on the Knicks, and he was involved in that that mellow package, and he got shipped out to Denver. Right. Um, I honestly have not heard from him in the last few years, so I was a little surprised that that he was the guy that they went out and went out of their way to get. Right. But um, right now he's he's injured. You said he might be a little overweight, but hopefully he's just trying to get back into shape, you know, be basketball ready. Yeah. Yeah. I, another guy that comes to mind is actually on, on the Magic, and I was thinking of this just looking at, like, box scores and whatnot. I, I had him on my fantasy team at times last year, but um, Terrence Ross, and he's as, as streaky as it gets. Yeah. But, but if you can – I mean, so is Bellinelli, Eliasova, is a, so was. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he, he would be a good fit. But I think you kind of need that guy that's that's not going to be a huge distraction and that's going to do what's asked of him. That can either give you 15 or not even play at given, at given points because because you got to keep Jimmy Butler happy. You're going to need Simmons and Embiid. And I really hope they can like coexist together because – it's going to be a really interesting dynamic to watch. I cannot wait to watch the game on Wednesday. I think they play Orlando, matter of fact, in Orlando. So that should be that should be rather interesting to watch. Yeah, hopefully it's a, a terrible... little better than the first time they played. Oh yeah, that game. I watched that game, and I kept, I, you know, I kept thinking so many times this season 
the game is over on Friday. I thought the game was over. Um, the Pistons game, I thought it was over at points. I mean, these guys just never cease to amaze me on how much, on how how they absolutely have games won and they just they just give them up. It seems like that that happened against the Grizzlies on Saturday. They, they were up by like five or six with like two minutes to go. They gave that game up. Charlotte, they they were up by twenty one. They had to take them to overtime. Um, I don't know. They're like keeping things interesting. Really, the um, the Pacers game on last Wednesday was the only game where they really put the Pacers away. Yeah, it, um, seems, it seems like they're playing down in their competition to the start of the season a little bit. Well, one one thing before I let you go, and we and and one thing I wanted to go over was Pep's pick them. Uh, the games, the NFL games that he picked. And I think how many games happened? Besides, we're not counting the Monday Night Football. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, yeah, I think Pep went uh, 1, 2, 3, 4 for 11. Um, and Pep, Pep's picking. It was a wild week in the NFL. E- Eagles really disappointed. Uh, but what about the Brooklyn Nets? I, I thought they were going to be terrible for sure. I can't even, I can't even imagine the lineup that they have out there. I mean, they have Karis Levert. That's the only guy I somewhat know. Alan Crabb is absolutely terrible. Jared Dudley seems like he just eats the hot dogs after the games. He he's he's so out of shape. It's crazy. Like you watch him. I was I was maybe ten rows up on the side uh, last Sunday watching the game, and yeah, there were cheap seats, but that's why I got them. Really good price. And I, and I was watching him at the free throw line and when, he's, when he had his hands, like, on his waist. This guy's got, like, love handles. It's embarrassing. Yeah, he's been they, in the league for a long time. But, but they have – so they have Jared Dudley. I think he's, he, he's playing, like, starter minutes. They have – I don't think he's a starter. They have Alan Crabb. They have Jared Allen. I mean, they're, the product they're putting out here is just like they, – They have some decent young guys. Um, athletic and seem like they just go out and play. Jared Allen is a 10 and 10 type guy. I have him on my fantasy team. He's done really well to start the season. What um, about, what about, uh, what's the guy's name? Damari Carroll? He's hurt. Would he be a guy like that Sixers would have any interest in? I mean, the Nets he, are like seven and seven, I think. They beat Denver the other night like pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they want to change up too much. Um, on their team, they're they're definitely overachieving to start the season. Um, who'd you say, Damari Carroll is a he's another three and D type guy. Yeah, that's that small forward position. Yeah, I think that's a guy you can you can bring in, and and I'm not sure Nets would want to move him. I mean, he's hurt, but they it seems like they're playing well without him. But yeah, you uh, you want to find that guy that can that can come in and, and hit those open shots and not be too bad on defense. You know, Kyle Korver is such a liability on defense, but he would be a great veteran presence, I think. Yeah, and I think it would be nice to finish up a career, maybe a championship in Philadelphia. Who knows? Um, are, we, are, we, are, are we crazy to say that there's a realistic, like if this team, you know, with God's grace, no major injuries or injuries at all, can make a run like this. I don't think it's crazy to think. I mean, last year uh, I was like, okay, make the playoffs. They made the playoffs and they look like the hottest team in the NBA. East looks so weak. 
that I thought there was an there was a chance they ended up getting outworked by or just really outplayed by the Celtics, uh, who were I think a lesser team last year. Um, I think they would have beaten the Cavs. Um, I think probably in five games last year, because I don't think they would have had an answer for Embiid, and I think they would have. But that's the story for another time. Uh, but I wanted to say, Sixers have ten games. Uh, I think to finish out November, they're playing tonight versus the Heat. No Dwayne Wade. They play on Wednesday uh, versus the Magic. Uh, they host the Utah Jazz, which I think would be a tough game for them. Then they go to Charlotte the next day, a back to back, and then they play the Knicks, the Nets. Uh, they just do not play quality competition, uh, really for the next 10 games they're eight and six is it unrealistic to expect of them to go nine and one in the next 10 games i think it'll be tough uh just because you bring in that new guy in the chemistry you know even with the the lebron team in 2011 they didn't start off the season great i think anytime you bring in some new faces it takes a, a little while to get it going right um but that being said, you know they're like you said they're not playing too tough of teams. I think you're more looking a more reasonable like a seven and three, eight and two. Right. Yeah. I, maybe I'm just being a little bit too, too um, what you might call it, too optimistic about about uh, their ex, you know the expectations. But yeah, I mean I, I think the Christmas Day they're gonna play the Celtics. I think by then we'll we'll have a good sample of what this team really is. I don't. That will definitely be a good test, I think. Yeah, and and then I think I don't think they play Golden State or any other teams out west. Um, Well, really, Golden State's the one that matters. I think the other teams are. I'm not really impressed by anybody else. I mean, I'm impressed like the way Denver's playing, just because we're not expecting that much out of them, Utah and whatnot. But I think. I don't know. I, I I mean, it's Golden State. I thought Houston would be solid, and they're just absolutely terrible. They're moving Carmelo. Finally, they, they got rid of, you know, it seems like they're going to get rid of him. What about the rumor of Sixers getting him? What would you say to that? I would say stay away. I don't think it's worth it at this point. Um, really? You wouldn't, you wouldn't want him on – and I'm just asking. I'm not – I've never really been a Carmelo fan. He's, he's instant offense for uh, – 30 and 50 team is how I see him. Is he, is he even instant offense anymore? I looked at no. his numbers last, last two seasons. It just, I think it, do you think it's time for him to like just hang it up? I think if he's not going to accept the role that he, he has to play now, then yeah, he's, he's not the superstar that he once was. And I just don't think he's been ready and willing to really accept that. So if if the Sixers tell him, hey, you know, we just need you to come in and play 12 minutes a game, I don't know that he would want to sign with them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a very very uh, dangerous thing to do. It seems like it hasn't worked out. I mean, he had his run in Denver and 2012-2013. Um, he led the league in scoring, um, but other than that, after 2012-2013, I don't think. He's been the same player. Um, didn't work out for him in, a, in a OKC last year. Shot like 40%. He's shooting 40% this year. Averaging like 13 and a half a game. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I, I agree with you. I would stay away. 
I don't even think it's worth the risk, even if you can get them at veterans minimum at like 2.9 mil or whatever it is. I think that you're already experimenting enough with the Butler, um, with the Butler trade, just because, yes, Jimmy Butler's in his prime and, uh, and this and that. But, you know, you had a team that was in the talks, uh, to, you know, to win the East. And now you take this blockbuster trade, the expectations are astronomical. Now you're like, if you don't make it to the finals, it's almost a disappointment with the, with the lineup that you have. You have a 30 and 12, 30, 30, 13, and what, three um, blocks a game center that's going to be in the talks for MVP, a triple-double point guard. And you're going to have a 25, 5, and 3 guy. And... um yeah, I just think that um the future's bright in Philadelphia. I I still think the the east, you know, right now it looks like it's Toronto, Milwaukee, and then you throw in Boston, Philly. I I just think it's wide open. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be fun. I I wow, I love the NBA. Just like this type of stuff. Like Eagles made a trade for what uh Golden Tate, whatever. Like NFL trades are just not exciting in my opinion. Like, they happen, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then you see a trade like this, and this is the talk. I mean, you put in you put in B-U-T in Google, and it's like Jimmy Butler's Philadelphia 76ers. I think I read every article there is uh, about this. So, yeah, hopefully it works out. Tom, thank you so much for letting me, uh, being an outlet and talking to me about this. I, I, I've been fiending to talk to someone about this. And I just – you reassured me. And I respect your opinion. You reassured me that uh, this that this is looking bright, and uh, I want to thank you for that. Not a problem. So we'll all see right. how it all works out in the next few months. Yes, sir. Trust the process. I'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Let's Debate It podcast. We really hope you enjoy the show. Yeah.